my guest on the show today is Ed Arsinway. He is a seasoned sales leader with a like a long resume. I'm not even going to go there, Ed, because you know people don't probably care that much about your resume. You can check him out on LinkedIn. He has experience running teams across a variety of industries. And he's also much more than that. He is a coach. He's a speaker. He's an investor. He's a franchise owner. And where we connected right away, he's an avid video game player. So I said, this dude, you can make as much money as you want. You could sell millions and millions of dollars of product, but you're a video gamer. And that's where I'm like, yep, we're going to talk about that. So we're going to spend the entire time talking about video games. Okay. We're That'd not. be cool. That would be- <laughs> we could. And we just, uh, I think... I could hear like 99% of the audience just drop already and we're not even doing this live. I'm just envisioning that in my mind. We just just need to put it on Twitch. Put it on. Yeah, we're, we're, we're broadcasting this on Twitch right now, but Ed, thanks for being here today. Hey, it's great to be here, Jason. Awesome. Let's get into it and let's start by talking about something that you nerd out about. What is something we just, we just talked about video games and I'll tell you a little story about that. Please. My parents were not in, in, interested in me playing games, video games. Like I was a huge nerd, like gigantic with a capital N. I was the yeah. president of the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Club in seventh grade. I was like, I consider myself a really good dungeon master at that point in time. But that was before video games because I was yeah. like eighty four. That's how I'm dating myself. You but, know what's so perfect about? I just have to say this, and I'm sure you've heard this. This is now cool because of Stranger Things. It is. It wasn't cool. Like hell, the before. Hellfire Club. It was. Yeah, it was, I was the Hellfire Club. You were the Hellfire Club. <laughs> I was. I was the president <laughs> of the Hellfire Club. Now it's cool. It was not cool. For I don't. I. It's questionable if it's still cool. Yeah, but it's the thing. I mean, in Austin, where I where I live, you know, I was surprised at how big the Dungeons and Dragons community is here. Interesting. But it, you know, I would say it started with that, but then computers, you know. I got uh, an F in citizenship in middle school because I was sneaking out of art class to to play video games on a TRS-80, which is, you know, there's no graphics. It's just text, no. like it's text-based text, text yeah. um, based game. And and so I was so in love with that, that, um, you know, it continued for a while. In college, I was building PCs because I couldn't get any money to do, to to buy a decent um, PC, I yeah. would I would sneak into a, another friend's room because he was like a rich prince from Bahrain and and he had like the super cool computer. Yeah, but eventually I was just building them on my own, just trying to get games to work, um, and that led into a career where I was playing basketball with a guy. I kept on bugging him for discounts, and he said, "Just come work for me. You know, you can you can I sell computers. Amazing. You can build your own." And so I did that. And I was just chasing games. You know, I worked at Egghead Software, worked at a reseller, was eventually recruited by Hewlett Packard, mm. got interviewed by Microsoft. They asked me, you know, what I do for fun. I said, I play video games. And they got super interested. I think that's why I got the job. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> we have an idea really, about video games too. Really good at uh, Counter Strike. I don't know if you remember that game. Of course. Still, yeah, popular. I was like, I was like uh, on the number one team on the OGL. I missed my calling because before anyone got paid to be good at that game. Oh, you were an esports person before esports was before a thing. esports was cool. Like I was, yeah, I was multiplayer gaming before it was a thing. So I really nerded out. I still yeah. nerd out on this stuff. Yeah, like it's it's a thing, but it's driven a lot of of my passions, my career, my thought process. Yeah, it's good. And now you play video games, and it's called sales. 
<laughs> you're like if i yeah. if i open up this door in other words hire these people like what a, the branching it's an art it's it's like a living role-playing game you're like well what if we could bring in these people with these strengths we build this team with this strength and then we level them up what what's the output of this thing that's right got to get experience points to level up so you can be better experience. at your uh, hit rolls <laughs> exactly that's awesome ed that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, we have we have a similar background. I built compute. I was never a D and D. I've actually never played D and D. I played plenty of video games that are based on D and D. Yeah, you know, like they the all are, all the role playing, all of them, are. the rolling. Yeah, but I've never done that. But I did build my own computers when I was little. I really had a passion for that. It was fun. And then i I worked at a a store called Computer City, which was purchased by CompUSA. Oh, so yeah. I sold computers, and I was I was always on the sales floor. But I really had a passion for like building my own PCs and stuff. I haven't done it in a long time, and I kind of want to do it again. I don't know where I'm going to put it. I know. Adult, it's but, a pain yeah. in the ass. Yeah. You know, now I just buy them fully configured because... Yeah. <laughs> now, I just, um, now I just use my MacBook Pro, and then I just use uh, GeForce Now 3 with a... Like the, the, like the cloud services, like NVIDIA has uh-huh. a cloud service, and you can run any game that they support on top specs, and it's spectacular as long as you have a good internet connection. Like really, yeah. like the whole thing has just completely changed now. Getting away from the Absolutely. hardware and it's all about the software and streaming. And again, I'm hearing the one person who's left listening, they've now dropped off. So now we're just gonna have whatever <laughs> conversation we want. <laughs> all right, Ed. So let's talk about something. I mean, we can talk about the other cool stuff, you know. Like Yeah, they're, right, they're, exactly. Like I kind we'll of disguise basketball. my other nerd outs. Yeah, basketball, yeah, exactly. golf, motorcycle, racing, all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. More, you're well more, you're a well rounded individual. So what's something that's inside of your comfort zone that you know is going to be outside of somebody else's? I think it's getting to that outside of the comfort zone. So mm. I don't mind pushing the limits or yeah. going to do something different, changing careers, changing companies, taking a company and transforming it in in ways that people aren't used to. So I'm comfortable <clears throat> constantly moving out the concert. And I wouldn't say I'm comfortable. Like I just do it. You just do it. It's necessary. It's yeah, still so, uncomfortable, but I know yeah. that that is the only way to learn. It's the only way to get better is to push, push out of the comfort zone. You yeah. know, that being said, like I can't stand staying in the comfort zone. So, so I get bored mm. really easily. So the, yeah. the opposite is true. It's like if things get static or things are the same or, or, or very routine, you know, I, I can't do it. You know, I, I yeah. can't like exercise. I, I hate exercise. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of people love, they like, Oh, I love to run. Or I love to work out. I hate, I hate doing that. I have to force yeah. myself to do that. So I, I have a hard time understanding when people love to do something, you know, routine and, and hard, like, yeah. you know, it's kind of force myself to do those, those things yeah. or trick I'm, myself, trick myself into it. <laughs> yeah, trick yourself. You've gamified it. Yeah. Well, Ed, one thing that really struck me is, and you, you know, answered the second part of this question, which is what's something that's outside your comfort zone. What is just uncomfortable for you is what I hear is being bored or I don't know. You didn't use the word bored, but it's like staying with it. Have you ever, I'm similar. And have you ever found where that's actually been a negative in your life? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems like I'm really impatient. Right? Or maybe I am impatient. Um, and, uh, and you know, I'm not just pushing myself. I'm pushing entire organizations in this direction. And, 
and uh, and I got to, you know, part part of the thing is you just got to realize that you got to meet people where they're at, and yeah, some people don't want to change or they don't want to move out of their comfort zone or it's something different. And when it's different, it's something that people are afraid of. It happens yeah. all the time. Yeah, I, I think we've we've caught up about this. I come from a sales background and worked at a couple of massive companies, some smaller companies. You know this as well as anybody. The, I think the average, uh, the average tenure of a, like a CRO to startup is like a year and a half. So it's 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 not high. Yeah, yeah, it's it's eighteen months, right? So it's interesting because I think most CROs that I know, and I worked with or worked for, usually have a similar kind of like spin. Is like we need to do things differently, and that's cool, except. The other executive positions usually don't have that level of uncomfortability sometimes or the board or the investors. So like, I think one of the reasons for that is one, it's sales. There's always more money to be made elsewhere. There's new products and it's a very transferable skill Two, that cool. Ed, you do whatever you want, make people uncomfortable. You don't have that long to do that though for like this had better start working and it better start working in a pretty specific amount of time or we're going to find somebody else who will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about it this way. It's like being a wartime leader. Right, exactly. Things need to change. So let's bring in this guy and get it to change. Now we want things to be the same. He's not the right guy anymore. That's right. Or this is now, not the right place anymore. Not the right place. Yeah. I'm sure if we dug into your career, which we won't hear, that you've had some experiences like that, both good and bad. Not even good and bad. It's like, it's just, it's almost it's just part what of it the, is. It is what it is. It's part of it. Right. <laughs> It's like it's like you're like, hey, I'm gonna go be a CRO or a, or a chief customer officer. You're like, yeah, you gotta you got a long leash for a little bit, and then it's a very short leash pretty quickly. It's Which always a short leash. <laughs> well, it's always a short leash. Yeah, yeah. Which quarter I think, by quarter, and you're directly yeah. connected to business results. Yeah, so it's just it's just what it is. Hero to zero <laughs> on a recurring ninety day basis, <laughs> or or for some companies on a recurring thirty one or thirty day basis, where you're like. Wow. I, I worked it's, I worked for a really great sales leader and you'd always say, he goes, This is why you all get paid more than the engineers, because this isn't easy. If it was easy, you wouldn't we wouldn't need to pay you much. And this is also why it's stressful because we we wouldn't need to pay you that much if it wasn't stressful. And that's why salespeople get paid well. Because it's stressful and, and it's certain and a lot of people just don't either don't can't they can't do it, they can't handle it, or they don't want to. And that's okay. Anyone could do it. It's just anybody you got to be willing to be willing to be uncomfortable, willing to get rejected, willing to to yeah. you know try to <clears throat> talk through these things. Like I think we were we were on that that seminar with with uh, Santa recently, and yeah. like, what is sales? And uh, you know, there's a lot of soft definitions about it, but the reality is, is you have to ultimately get someone to part with money for something that they weren't intending to do. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't intending to do. Not, exactly. Not, like if they were intending to do it, you don't need sales. Yeah. You just need order takers. Right. Well, an order takers can be a website. You don't even need a That's person. Right. You don't even need technology. people for that. Well, it's interesting about the psychology of sales too, is it's the actual transfer of money. Isn't the thing. It's the emotion and the, the psychology behind what yeah. that means some exchange like you could take yeah. money is probably the def definition of, of it but it's some sort of either transaction commitment or action that yeah that you've got someone to do because you know you have your pre-closes and if and that's selling too until you get to the 
she gets yeah. to close and then there's the sell and expand. So yeah. every step of the way. And if you're great at it, it's, it's, it's not just for you. It's for, it's for your customer for lifetime value. And they see that's that right. and keep wanting to come back. So, you know, yeah. it's art and science yeah. together. Yeah. Well, it's the, uh, and I think most of your career has been spent in business to business selling, right? Like you've been running teams that are B2B for the most part. B2C, B2B. I, I was in B2B sales uh, initially selling B, well, I'd say, you know, as an egghead, it was B2C. Then oh, yeah, of course, yeah. it was B2B, Microsoft B2B. And then LegalZoom, it was B2C to B. So we would sell yeah. businesses to become businesses and then sell them as af- after they became businesses. Yeah. Um, and then at eHealth, it was B2C you know, on healthcare. So yeah. It's, it's been, the thing I'd say about the B2B, yeah, the thing about the B2B stuff is when somebody parts, when that procurement department writes that check, somebody's butts on the line almost all the time. <laughs> so it's like the psychology of like this, the money is the money. And then there's also the reputation that's attached to that money. Who's the decision maker who made this decision? And boy, I hope the software or service or consulting engagement or training or coach, whatever the thing you're selling is like, there's always that moving that the psychology that behind it is never just about the money. No, it's never about the money. And then um, the way that people protect themselves as you move larger organizations is they're more group decisions. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so you have yeah. committee decisions and I told anyone you can that, say no. Yeah, I need, yeah, exactly. I need consensus. All right. <laughs> We're going to move on from sales and video games because I think these are two things you and I could definitely, we could probably start our own podcast and do a, like a weekly show about these two things and talk forever. About yeah, very it. specifically. Very specifically. So give you five minutes, Ed, and you get to speak to everybody in the world. What is it you'd want to speak on or what would you speak to us about and what would be your call to action at the end of that speech? Uh, it's along the same lines. You can't push your limits. You are infinitely capable. Mm. And, and most, most of the time, anyone can do it, but the only, you have to get yourself to do it. So find a way, find a way to get yourself to get started and have fun doing it and keep doing it. Yeah, it's grindy, but things that are grindy, you can make fun or you can create habitual triggers that get you to go start or find the environment or find the people to do it with. But go, because anyone can do anything. You can do everything, but if you set your mind to something, you'd be surprised that you're always breaking your your own personal boundaries or records or accomplishments. and, And mostly what's in people's way is themselves. Yeah. For sure, and their 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 own self limiting belief around those things, and that can be, as I said, manipulated. <clears throat> that can be changed. That can be, you can trick yourself even if you're not even psychologically capable of accepting the change. I think what people don't realize is you're changing every day. Yeah, exactly. Like people think, oh, people don't change. It's like now you're you're changing right now, like right now at a molecular yeah. level. <laughs> Right now, changing right now, and it's the only thing that's constant. Do you want to direct it in a particular direction, or do you want to live the consequences? As in one of your your podcasts before, it's like most of the diseases and and cancers are preventable. Like, do you just want to walk unconsciously to a bitter end? Yeah. Or do you have something in mind? Yeah. That you want to go do. So there's my yeah. message to the world. I love that. Yeah, let's take a really brief commercial break and we'll be right back and get to know you more, Ed. We'll be right back after this. 
the Talking to Cool People podcast is brought to you by Jason Frizzell Coaching. Jason works with amazing people who are looking to find and develop their passion and purpose and create their journey to wherever it is they want to go. Check us out at jasonfrizzell.com, Facebook, or on Instagram. Jason loves hearing from anyone who thinks it would be cool to connect, to be coached, or to be a guest on our show. Email him at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com or DM him on Facebook and Instagram. And now, back to some more amazing conversation on talking to cool people. All right, Ed, we are back. And at this point, I always love to ask my guest, what else you'd like for all of us? What would you like us to know about you? So what, would, what else would you like to share with us? We know you're the head of the Hellfire Club, which seems like <laughs> the most important thing. You've been a leader. Let, let's reframe that. You've been a leader your entire life. You've always been a leader, whether it be the Dungeons and Dragons group or now in your career. Yeah. What else do you want us to know about you? Sometimes I, I don't want anyone to know anything about me. Is that weird? And hey, how about how job... about let, yeah? No, no, it's great. Let me reframe the question. Let let's poke it. <laughs> let's poke it out here. Hey, Ed, what are you willing to share with us? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's even that's a better question, right? You're like, well, the weather in Texas is it's you know it's a nice fall day. The Cowboys play somebody this weekend, and you know all the all the deep stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I guess I'm thinking about um, some some of some of what uh, I've accomplished and not accomplished, right? Mm. Like I still feel like there's a lot to do, um, and uh, while while I've accomplished you know a lot in in the career that I've had, uh, I I feel like I'm just getting started all over again, and sometimes I feel like that every day. Uh, but I'll tell you, you know what I've learned so far is you can't really do it by yourself. Mm. So if there's, if there's something that I want to share is like, it's, it's much better when you work with people you love to work with. And it's much more fun when you're dealing with customers you want to, you want to deal with. And, um, and uh, I just like to have fun with the folks that I'm working with and I'm spending the most amount of time, my time with. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I am, man, I'm in such agreement on that. This is something that I've really experienced through my journey as working for myself. It's like being in sales when, and I, I think this is like it is for most companies. They're like, we need somebody to pay us a buck. We need somebody to pay us a buck. And then you get an idea about who your ideal client is, whether you be solopreneur or you're selling things. And yeah, you're still going to take their buck, but you're going to understand how to manage them better. And for me personally, as somebody who works for myself, I've, I kind of know who I don't want to work with. And if I run across those people, you don't attract very many of them, which is really good. But if you do, and I start to feel it, I'll be like, I'm not sure I'm the right person for you, but I got four other people I think would be great. And I wanted to ask you something as a sales leader. How do you feel about firing a customer? Do it just for the same reasons, right? Mm. Um, but especially around respect and safety. Yeah. Like those are things that uh that you should fire your customer about, right? Integrity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like those are definitely areas where I don't I don't fault anyone for not wanting to work with a client. 
right? Like those are those are crucial, you know, for yeah. any environment. So, uh, but just be careful, you know what I mean? Like, are you firing your client because of of uh, prejudice or 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 because you're having a bad day, right? Mm. Like, like don't don't reflect back to to anyone what you don't which you don't expect to see. So, yeah. And then I'd, I'd high, hold, hold, you know, people to a higher standard on that for the, the work in our organization. Yeah. So let me ask you a, a follow-up question to that. You're, you're working for CEO. You work end of the day, you work for the board, right? We're like, we need money. We need this. And you said, I, we got to fire this customer. And they're like, that's, you know, six figure contract. How do you, will you only generally work for leaders that are aligned with you on that? Because I, I would imagine that can be a real sense of tension. Yeah. I mean, look, you, you, you do work for the board. You do work for the executives. They have higher fire and bonus capabilities. And the, the reality is you work for the marketplace. Like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what the board <clears> or the executives tells, tells you what to do. If the customers, the employees are not lined up to go do it. Right. Yeah. So ultimately, it's the interaction between your product, your 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 service, your sales, and your customers that determine the success of the company, not the executives, not yourself, not your leaders. Only what you can do to influence that that best outcome. So in general, if there's a customer that is what I'm saying, risking safety, risking respect, risking um, you know integrity, absolutely, the money's not worth it. That's blood money. That's not good yeah. money. That's yeah. money that'll get you in trouble anyway. Yeah, right. Um, you know that the, you know that it, if it if it smells like that up front, you know it's going to come back around and bite the company in the butt at some point. Yeah. almost one hundred percent of the time. And and uh, you know uh, we are all building pipeline, so replace it. <laughs> like, you, <laughs> yeah, you, you can't. Re- I mean, I would say sometimes this morality or this ethics is 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 um is almost a privilege. It's almost a, a luxury, but you build that luxury by being successful. So yeah. if you're desperate and you need the money, then desperate times, desperate measures. Don't be desperate. Yep. Like build a yeah. better pipeline, build a healthy business, have a lot of choices. Yeah. I love, you I know? love that. I was just thinking as you were saying that the idea that, Hey, let's go find five more of these, this person or these people, except they're not complete assholes. Like they can be a little asshole ish because they're customers, you know, customers are going to have their, you know, like we're all customers of things too, but let's go find some more of these ideal clients for us, but they don't have to be such an asshole. Yeah. yeah there's a lot. You should have a big product market fit. You should have a large total addressable market, right? Like, yeah, yeah. That's if great. If you don't, it. maybe you're not in the right business. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, no, no. There's like three companies that could ever use our service. You're like, that doesn't feel like a very scalable business. <laughs> I was listening to um, the book Angel. I don't know if you've read that book. It, it, it's about Jason Kalanakis. Uh, it's about vent. He's like a venture capitalist in Silicon Valley. He's kind of a celebrity venture capitalist now. And he was the first part of the book is about how to raise capital. The second part of the book is how to fund capital. And he was talking, or no, actually the reverse. The first part is like, what's it like to be a VC? The second part is about like, what do you need to know as a founder going to get money? And he said <clears throat> something along the lines of, and I'm going to butcher this, but if you have a product that's a brilliant idea and it requires the world to change, it's not a brilliant idea. That's right. The world is not going to change. Ed's not going to change. I'm not going to change. I want this product to be easy for me to fit into what I already like to do. It's yeah. like, this is going to revolutionize the world. You're like, great. 
what how much effort do people have to do to use this thing? <laughs> and if it's a lot, we ain't gonna do it. Period. Which I, I thought yeah. was very brilliant because there's so many world changing ideas that never go anywhere because the world's not willing to change. So how does it no. fit into the paradigms in the context that we already know? Or how does it enhance something that's already working? Opposed to having to have us all do something different. You see this with social media companies that have come and gone and they're like, We're asking you to do this thing, and people are like, No, I'm not gonna do it. Too much work. <laughs> Yeah. No, thanks. All right, Ed, what would you like to ask me that I can answer for you and for everybody listening? Yeah. Like how did you, uh, I'm curious about your entrepreneurial journey. Cause I've been, mm-hmm. I've been a corporate salary you know, guy, even, um, at, at a high level and I'm starting this entrepreneurial journey. And mm-hmm. you have been doing this and just enjoy it and love it. Was it a transition for you? Was it a natural fit? Uh, what advice do you have for folks that are that are trying to break that barrier from going from um, you know corporate to to self generated yeah. business? Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is that I don't love it all the time. Be the first to say it. But who loves working all the time? If you know that person, <laughs> I will hire them for a lot of money and teach me how to love what I do 100% of the time. It's where it's called work for reason. But I, I do love, I do love most of what I do. That is true. I actually really enjoyed, you know, like as a fellow salesperson, I enjoyed being in sales most of the time. Despise the admin of it, which is still the thing I don't like in my business. Now, I, I was not the person who had their expense reports in on time or was great when Salesforce or whatever CRM we're using at the time. But the thing I would say is it's going to take longer than you'd expect. So people go, oh, I've got a, in one year, I'm going to make blank. You can, anything is possible. I believe that we are infinitely capable and you always want to give yourself the practical part is give yourself more runway than you think you need because likely most people, especially if you're doing it yourself, which a lot of, like, I'm a solopreneur. I mean, I have support around me, but I like a lot of what I do is solopreneur. We're going to think that based on our capabilities, we can make it happen. So give yourself more time to be really clear about your capacity for the stress of not making what you'd make as a CRO or as an enterprise software salesperson for quite a little while. Like, what is your level of tolerance for that? Because my experience is, and I know a lot of, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. I know a lot of these people, what happens generally like clockwork is that you get presented with a whole bunch of opportunities that are quite lucrative. Once you decide that you're going to do your own thing. (laughs) Happened to me, like I've turned down two job offers this year, Mm -hmm. both of which are four years ago, my ideal jobs. And I'm like, "Mm." so you have to be clear about your, your risk tolerance and if you are married or you have, you know, you have a financial commitments to other people, you have kids or whatever, you need to be very clear about those too. So a lot of people are like, oh, entrepreneurial journey. It's so enlightened and no, dude, it's like no different than working at a corporation. Like it's challenging as heck sometimes. So understand your risk tolerance, understand your runway and give yourself more runway than you'd think. And then three, and this has been the biggest shock to me, Ed is... I mean, anybody else over here. So I don't have an operations person to, I mean, yes, I have like a virtual assistant that can do things, but when you're your own business person, 
there's not like a sales support ops or there's no sales ops person or there's no like head of finance you can go to for all these things. So you need to be prepared to either do them yourself or spend the money to have somebody else do them and spending the money to do them well isn't cheap. So if you're just starting out and you're restricted on what you want to on your operating expenses and at the same time, you don't love these things, you need to be prepared to do them anyway. And then as you scale and grow, just like any good business, it's like a startup, you're a startup, You've been in startups, like it's the same thing as startups. You go, Hey, Ad, you're going to be the CRO and you're also going to wash the dishes. And we're also going to have you be the Salesforce administrator, blah, blah, blah for now. And then as we grow, we're going to do it. Be prepared that that's going to be amplified by yourself because there's nobody else. You likely don't have the money to go, you don't have the money to hire somebody full time. And fortunately, the kind of business I run, it's pretty operationally easy. Yeah. The other, the last thing I will say for people listening is <clears throat> if you wanted to get in, if you want to get into a services based business like what I run, which is, it's, I always consider I'm kind of like an actor who shows up on a stage for an hour at a time and I'm with people and then I go bye bye. Like I don't have any implementation work in my, indus- in my business, which I love because I don't like implementation work. Yeah. Is, um, just, make sure that you are sourcing yourself to do that work well. And you're constantly reinventing yourself. It's, it goes back to what you said. If it's starting to feel too comfortable, your clients are going to sense that most likely. And it's so like, and I know you and I are aligned on this is always like growing yourself, pushing yourself, do that with, do that with others, do that through training, do that through coaching, whatever that thing is, but make sure that if it starts to feel easy, you're probably not doing a good job. Because people will sense that. Yeah. Like, well, this this guy's giving me the same framework he's given the, the last 10 people he's talked to. That is pretty easy to sense, at least for somebody like me. I think you're probably pretty easy to sense, sniff that out too. It's kind of like what we say in like in sales. I don't know, you train salespeople. It's like, don't have the exact same deck for every single client. Like, at least put their logo on it. Make it unique. What yeah. What's unique about their situation? Like, speak their language, understand the client. It's the same thing. So that's the last thing I'd say. If you're in like a services business where you are the product, make sure that you're constantly growing yourself as well and getting the support you need because you don't know it all. You're never going to know it all. And people are going to come to you and hire you because they think you know it all, but you don't. So how are you consistently growing those things and being, and also being willing to say, I don't know, like, and you know how you and I met, we're perceived in those rooms as experts. And sometimes you get questions. I'm like, I'm pretty sure the person who asked that question knows a lot more to the, has a more (laughs) very uh, better answer to that than I do. I wouldn't say that because we're getting paid to be that person, but you know, and, and it's always the thing is people, we are infinitely capable. We're also much more infinitely intellectually know a lot more than we ever give ourselves credit for what's true for us, what we're, you know, like what we're good at, especially when you're in more of an artful thing, like a sales or coaching or training, people know a lot more than they give themselves credit for. That's always yeah. my thing too. And you probably worked with salespeople like, I don't know how to do it. You're like, really? Like, yes. <laughs> Yeah, you just reflect it back. And I, I think that was like the coaching technique that we were taught is when someone asks a question, whether you know that or not, you could reflect it back. Yeah. And say, what do you think? And, or reflect it to the rest of the audience. That's a great question from Jason. Yeah. Well, what do you think? And yeah, what do you all type, type in the type, type in your answer? <laughs> yeah, type in your answer. That's great. That's great. Great question, Ed. Great question. Thank you. What are you? Yeah, thanks for the advice. Yeah. 
Coaching, not advice. Well, it's advice on this. It's coaching. <laughs> so, Ed, Ed, you're obviously a very passionate dude. What What else do you – what are you passionate about other than video games and entrepreneurship I mean, I, and I'd investing? I'd be remiss if I didn't stuff. mention my, my daughters. I have two daughters. One's in – one just graduated from college and – Congrats. In UCR and is in marketing. And she did a marketing internship at, at uh, Life Hikes over the summer. Very cool. And, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's got another internship at a, at Innovative Pet Care. But she's looking to get into – she's into games too. So she's looking nice. to get into a, a marketing gig at something re- revolving games or game development. And and uh, and right now she's trying to put on a tournament um like a gaming tournament with Valorant. I don't know if you've ever played that game, but mm-hmm. it's a first-person shooter. Very cool. Um, and so I'm excited for her. She she studied theater and uh, music and is great talent artistically from a singing and playing standpoint, acting as well, but wants to get into marketing. My other daughter is a junior, and she just finished an internship at the Getty Center in Los Angeles doing art conservation like Amazing. specifically paper art conservation and and she's she's in her junior year at Scripps College and I'm just happy that they're both finding, you know, things that they're passionate about that they're good at yeah. that they like to do and 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 that's and they're still they still want to hang out with me which is I'm surprised because I was such a workaholic, not absentee father, but you know I was working a lot, traveling a lot. Sure. Um, when I was there I was uh, present, but uh you know they're they're still very sweet and 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 uh, I talk to them you know every other day or so so it's You're great. giving me hope. I'm on the opposite yeah. side. We have a we have an almost we have a six year old who adores me right now, and I'm just waiting for the moment she's like. I'm, but there's those moments already. She's like, <clears throat> or it changes. <sighs> you know they change. You, yeah, you, you can see it as as they grow older. You know they they're so fun at that at that age six to ten. It's great. You get around twelve. I think middle school is the worst. The worst time Oof. in in um you know in a young person's life just because of multitude of reasons and um you got to pick a different strategy in your approach and then even different when they're in high school or in college yeah and, uh, just adjust for it in a i would say you're moving more into a less active role more listening role <laughs> as you move into this <laughs> even as you like territory down and you're like i don't want to listen to this any longer i have so much advice for you but you're not going to listen to me so i'm not going to give it to you that's right like the the amount of patience is that's required gets higher surprisingly yeah that's awesome congratulations that's really that must be really fulfilling it is fulfilling you know and um now that they're i mean they've been out out of the house for a while uh now i've been focusing on on doing more fun things i picked up you know i picked up motorcycle racing i went to las vegas motor speedway and and uh leaned a bike over at high speeds and and had fun with that and want to do it again soon uh you know, I'm doing this basketball thing, but I started playing basketball again after a little hiatus. Cool. And now I'm playing every week, and I'm still playing golf. You know, my my goal was to to shoot even par. I've done it twice, but I can't do it consistently. So I just yeah. want to keep on trying to get better at things. Yeah, that's uh. Well, let's talk about basketball for just a minute, because I know you just you were telling me you just invested in a basketball related business. Yeah. Yeah. Tell yeah. tell us about that. Yeah, it's called Shoot Three Sixty. You know, they it it's um it's kind of like where basketball meets video games. You have these shooting bays and these skill bays that we set up in a in a facility like a warehouse facility, and 
there are cameras that track the the ball and 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 soon they're going to make it more advanced and track some biometric movements as well but essentially you know when you're shooting and then it has a, a gun which collects the balls with a net and then passes it back to you that can be programmed by by an ipad or computer and then tracks your individual statistics but you know an ideal shot has a 45 degree angle you know it, it's a little deeper towards the back of the rim and then obviously side to side it's centered and so the camera will measure that and give you feedback instantaneously with every shot so as you're shooting it's wow. like is it high enough is it is it long enough is it right to left make adjustments a coach will come in help you make some adjustments but you're really just getting feedback directly as you're doing it and reward because you know when you're at the right angle the right the right degree, the right arc, the right distance, the right depth, it gives you a splash zone meter. And 99% of everything in the splash zone is going to go in. Yeah. And so you're getting this constant feedback. And 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 you and I are big, big, uh, how do you call it, um, learning to learn, yeah. performance excellence guys. Yeah. We know, you know, from, from that standpoint, the only way you get better at something or you get excellent at something is through repetition, grind, Feedback and, feedback and coaching yeah, feedback. and coaching and 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 yep. so this com- combines all these elements i you know i've done it professionally in terms of running sales organizations or my own personal hobbies but this is a chance for me to give back to the community and teach kids that you know these things are possible with work and discipline and feedback and coaching in a positive environment and hopefully it extends not just to their basketball skills but it extends to their 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 lifelong learning skills. You know, sometimes just having someone believe in you or seeing yourself grow unlocks all this capability. So if you could do better at this, I could do better at something else. Like my own story is I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn uh, shooting basketballs until I, you know, all the way through high school. Until yeah. I went to college, I met this guy named Manuel Legaspi who won the three-point contest and the free-throw contest at Georgetown University. And he was on the Filipino, he was on the Filipino club in the Filipino club, which I was I was the president of. And I'm like, yeah. hey, is that something that you're born with, like shooting that well, or is that something that you can learn? And he's like, I don't know, but let me show you what I do. Yeah. And we went out there and drilled, and he's like, yeah, you kind of kind of make two hundred to two thousand of these shots every day, and yeah. And it's like, really? But I started doing it, and I became a much much better shooter, like a great shooter. Um. But I didn't know that these things were possible. I thought like like you're either born with it or you weren't. You either have it or you don't. Yeah. And and that Huge opened my fallacy. Eyes to a whole bunch of possibilities. And now, you know, there's a chance to kind of give it back at scale. Man, that sounds like a ton of fun. That is like my sweet spot is athletics coupled with technology is man, I can't I can't wait to try that sometime. And also I'm a pretty decent shooter. I'm it's interesting. I'm a good free throw shooter i kind of stink between the free throw line and the three-point line and then behind like college three-point i'm pretty decent again so i have like the my mid-range jumper is kind of garbage but my three-pointers i think it's because i practice it a lot more but i'd be really interested to see what it thinks of my shot because i had a really i played basketball like when i was like between like the ages of nine and 13 and i had this really wonky jump shot and then i corrected it and it's i think it's pretty it looks pretty standard now, but I'm I'm really curious. I can't wait to try this sometime. It sounds really. It sounds. Yeah, I would love should. this sort like, of thing. If you're ever in Austin, come. You know, they've got yeah. one in Houston. They got one in Dallas. They've got one in the, their headquarters is in um, Oregon, but they've got an LA site. And 
you know, the LA site and the Northern California site, one's owned by the Golden State Warriors, another one's owned by the Clippers. I think yeah, San Antonio that. Spurs have like a, a have a partnership with Shoot360 down here in Texas. It makes sense. But you can just go in and 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 uh, and shoot and see, like, and then you can see where you're inconsistent, see where you're inconsistent. But I I just oh, find cool. it fun as hell. It sounds to, really fun. Just to get up there and get shots up and not have to go collect the balls because it's being shot right back at you. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like Top Golf. Yeah, it's like Top Golf. You know, I mean, there's Top Golf is is more like a bowling alley experience. Yeah. There's other experiences like Golfinity or the TaylorMade Performance Center that is more performance oriented, and I've done those. Yeah. I love that too. Yeah, um, because it it gives you statistics, it gives you data, it gives you feedback. Yeah, right. And that's cool. Repetitiveness that gets you you know better at the thing that you want to get better at. Yeah, very cool, Ed. All right, uh, what's something that you're afraid that might actually be true about you? <laughs> I mean, uh, I I I think I'm just. Uh, afraid that it doesn't like i'm not going to make a difference and mm. in the big scheme of things i'm not like we're all just dust back <laughs> in time right like zoom out enough you know you don't make a difference yeah. and i think you know i've been trying so hard all my life to like make a difference or yeah or even make a lot of money or whatever not like and and uh then i i step back i was like oh this, this doesn't mean anything i'm gonna Usually I ask, and you know the question. I usually, at the end of the episode, like, hey, give us words of wisdom. I'm just going to take yours right now. It's going to be, Ed, we're all just dust. <laughs> I should introduce you as Ed Nillist, investor, CRO, Nillist. But the, and, then, the and, then movie, and then your sales uh, your salespeople can go, but listen, I didn't make my quota, but it doesn't really matter. We're all just dust. We're all just dust. It doesn't matter. Nothing we're all just dust. We're all just dust. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But then yeah. you, zoom, you zoom in, you know, I zoom in a little yeah. bit and it's like, all right, so maybe I don't change the world. And this happens, you know, I don't know if that's if there's a quote, you know, you, you're young and you want to change the world and you get older and you just want to change yourself. Yeah, um, I love that. And I think that's what it is. Like now I'm just interested in like getting better at the thing that I do. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is like that actually makes a bigger difference in the world. Oh, being a good person is arguably the best thing you can do in the world. That's right. Like, yeah. And so it's kind of like turning it inward a little bit more and, instead of like releasing some of that pressure of wanting to like yeah. make a difference, make an impact and just say, you know what, like be a better person. Yeah, I love that. So let's talk about this as we start to wrap up here. How do you see the world other than we're all just dust, <laughs> which might <laughs> I mean, which might be the most nihilist slash flat way that people ever seen the world on this show. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the it's not it's hard to see um see the world in a positive way right now in my, in my mind i'm trying to right but there's there's so much bad stuff happening in a global and local political way economic way uh you know in terms of climate and disease and and uh, and even ai ai is getting really scary too i think just over the summer seeing the capabilities of super intelligence being able to create art or have yeah. conversations with each other, right? Like they connected AI together. They started speaking their own language to each other. We don't know what they're saying. We don't even know, you know, what the AI is doing in our own social media and what, what calculations right. it's making. It's out, of, it's out of control, right? So you look at all this and, and it looks like we're accelerating to continuous disasters, like more, more bad stuff, right? And so in the face of that, 
in the face of that, plus the fact that we're infinitely capable, right? What do we do? And it's true, like you said, hey, as a VC, you want to only invest in things that are that are not going to change and just accelerate, you know, the way things are. But if the way things are is we're unconsciously moving towards a a nihilistic pattern, if we're consciously moving, if we're if we're if we're if our default is a hedonistic, tribal, self-centered way, yeah, the the quickest path to money is is accelerating that path, right? Yeah. So there's this yep. whole acceleration to this, and it seems like we're moving faster in that direction versus a direction that's that's capable that we're capable of yeah. of of uh, infinite abundance. Yeah. The thing I'd of, say as we, as we wrap as we start to wrap up here is it goes back to a good person can can sometimes be the antidote and anecdote to that anecdote. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ed, how can people connect with you? Well, you'll find me at LifeHikes along with you. You know, yep. LifeHikes.com. LifeHikes, we'll throw that in there. Yep. there. Um, yep. You know, I'll, I'll be opening Shoot 360 in the spring in Austin. You know, um, when I when I solidify my next position, I'll, I'll put that out there on LinkedIn as well. Cool. And yeah. uh, like, as I said, if you're ever in Austin, let's go shoot hoops. Let's go play uh, golf. Let's go play video games. Yes, yes, yes. All three things. <laughs> like doing. You can, I, I can sit down. You can give me some, some uh, daughters out of the house for a daughter that's going to be in the house for another, you know, twelve years. Like how to, with probably like you said, another five to six years of like this is great, and then like, oh. got to just survive through the middle school portion. Survive. You know. I'd like to do more than survive. That so really thrive. makes me upset. Thrive. thrive. Yeah, I want to thrive. We're going to thrive the way through that. It's just <laughs> tough. It's a tough. It's a tough yeah, part of yeah. growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, this coming from a kid that I think if my parents were listening to this would not say that I was the easiest child. So I, <laughs> I I'm sure, you know, karma, as they say, karma is a bitch. So mom and dad, if you're listening, I'm sure you, you can attribute to that. All right, Ed, as we wrap here today, leave us with some words, so words, words of wisdom. Quick ones, live, love, learn, live, love, learn. Love it. Ed, Thank you for being on. It's been a pleasure, my friend. As always, keep doing what you're doing with the video games. I can't wait to see you online sometime. We got to trade gamer tags. Absolutely. And yeah, congratulations on the first daughter graduating. It sounds like the second one's doing well. And congratulations on whatever you are up to next with your corporate career and getting that salary and making a difference for people. Because I'm going to say you make a difference for a lot of people. I know you do because I've seen you do it. So thank you thank for you. doing everything you're doing. You too, Jason. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ed. Thanks for listening to another episode of Talking to Cool People with Jason Frizzell. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and give us a shout out or take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. If something from today's episode piqued your interest and you'd like to connect, email us at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com. We love hearing from our listeners because you're cool people too.